listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have David Leo joining us again and today is the 26th of July and we are live which uh, Mm -hmm. I know some of our listeners do get a little confused because some of our days we're not live and other days we are so it's Wednesday the 26th of July Mm -hmm. and if you're hearing this today it's live (laughs) so welcome David everyone Thanks, Jason. Good to be here. Happy to be live. Yeah, it's good to have you back here. And uh, it's um, we're in a different location still. You've still got a bit of that. Uh, just bug. a bit, just on the end of it. Yeah, so hopefully next week we'll be back together in person. Mm. So. But mm. uh, it's good to have you joining us, David. And today we're talking about Christ as resurrection and life. Mm. I guess we thought we'd just... Um, Open up with a bit of a discussion about why is life so important to people? Why do people value life so much? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, we get to. It's it's a funny it's a funny one that we're looking at uh, today. You know, Jesus Christ as uh, resurrection and life, um, because you know the other ones have been quite straightforward as a creator, as Messiah, as Michael. Um, as resurrection and life, I'm actually going to look at something that he said in the Bible. Where he identifies himself as, I'm the resurrection and the life, right? We're going mm. to look at that later on. But the, the question I wanted to ask on that regard is because we've, we've had a century of, uh, exploring this idea of evolution ever since it was introduced to us by Charles Darwin. And we've come a long way since then, you know, we've developed new theories and we've built upon those, those theories. And, um, you know, the, the logical deduction that I believe, you know, if, if we just evolved, um, and, and there is no particular meaning or purpose, right, to life, why is it that we still, as a, as a human civilization, still make a big issue out of things like euthanasia and abortion, poverty, climate change, all these type of things that we, we make arguments about, a lot of academic writings about, there's mm. people that are, are non-believers that don't believe in God or the meaning of life, but they're willing to put their money and their mouth where uh, they're, they're investing their time and energy into helping those in need and, and also arguing the cases of why life is so important. And I, and I wonder why. Why do we, why are we putting meaning and purpose into something that, you know, if life is meaningless, yeah. Well, I spend so much time with it. It's interesting, isn't it? There seems to be something that's just simply built into us that uh, that understands the value of life and understands that, uh, you know, killing somebody is wrong and, um, you know, things like this. They seem to be fundamentally built into us. And as we were discussing before we went to air, David, you know, um, I've heard a, a statement by Richard Dawkins, who's, I guess, a very <laughs> world-renowned atheist, Atheist evangelist. Atheist evangelist. And, um, very sad statement, which I heard him say that, uh, that, uh, he sort of wonders whether or not we'd be better off as a planet, as a society, as a human race, if, um, we were to euthanize uh, disabled people, you know, because, mm. uh, he, in his opinion, they don't really add any value any to value. society. And I thought, wow, that's such a, 
sad um, perspective, you know, because I know people who um, add so much value <laughs> to society, even though they may have a disability of some sort. And, you know, we, we value life as Christians. We value life. And uh, I think it's something that is well worth talking about and uh, looking at from a biblical perspective as well, so I'm, I'm well, keen to hear what you got to say today. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's an awesome topic. You probably you know every topic that we talk about, we could talk for ages on those roles. But uh, I, I try and hit the uh, the core of it. And it's interesting you talked about Richard Dawkins and his um, deductions mm. because first of all, the first thing I uh, I thought of all, uh, straight away was um, one of the most intelligent uh, non-believers that I've ever. Uh, thought of that was disabled was Hawkins. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Richard Dawkins would say he didn't add any value to yeah. society, you know, which is ironic. Mm. But um, you know, he's another one that was uh, you know that believe in, and believe in God. But um, yeah, it's interesting Richard Dawkins would say that. But his deductions are similar to what Hitler came up with, you know, with the with yeah. the, um, the manifesto that he had. Realizing, you know what, we've got to do away with the weak race. We've got to do away with the weak yeah. humans because they're not going to help us conquer the world. Yeah, he you wanted know? to and, create uh, this superior race. Mm. Yeah, and, I, and and Richard Dawkins coming to that conclusion too. I can see why he would come to that. You know, you, mm. if you don't uh, if you don't value life, but he obviously values something because he's saying we want to have a strong human race. Mm. What for? Mm. Well, what's the purpose? You know, but you you said something about an inbuilt yeah um, I, desire. Or no, an inbuilt understanding, an inbuilt um, uh, feeling, I guess, that, that you know, even though some people might claim to be atheists, they still have this value of life, you know, this, yeah. this understanding yeah. that life is somehow important. And as, as it comes to, you know, when you go to hospital and you need to have um, some perhaps emergency surgery, you know, we, we value those who can help us through those life-threatening situations and um and you know that that's reflected in how much uh you know people earn in terms of salary and yeah. all sorts of things and we're, we're prepared to pay that because we value life so yeah that's right you know you think about um uh and what you're saying is biblically correct because in ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 it tells us that god puts eternity into our hearts mm. so it's actually a gift from god that he's well, I hate using it this way. Maybe I watched too much sci-fi as a kid, but he's pre-programmed us to desire eternity, mm. right? And we've talked about, I think the last series we talked about was, um, I try to make an argument that uh, God's kingdom is, is demonstrated in our family units, mm. right? And there's a desire there to, you know, to want our family forever, you know, want to be around our family forever. And, uh, and, and that desire comes from God. And so God's put this desire of eternity. So, Regardless of how humans, some humans will say, "Oh, you know, I don't believe there is a God." No, you know, I believe in the evolution theory. I believe that uh, the spaghetti monster was the one that created us. So whatever they say, there is a uh, there is something that God has put in every single human that there's a desire for eternity. Mm. Now, uh, think of the opposite. You know, there's a desire for, for there's a value of life. The extreme opposite which is always, always an interesting dichotomy, is that desire for death, mm. right? Now, when you, when you, as soon as I say that, I think of like a, I think of a horror flick. You know, I think of a horror novel, you know, like desire for death. Mm. Who does that? Who thinks about that? And there literally are people out there. I mean, 
if you read um, 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 uh, the touchy subject in America, you know, the, the shootings, high school shootings. Mm. Um, there's a book called Rachel's Tears, and this, uh, and uh, she's a, a girl that was challenged by one of the school shooters, and, and he challenged her and said, you know, do you think you know God? Do you still believe in God while having a gun to her head? And she said, yes. She still confessed, you know, God is your savior, and he, mm. he shot her. Yeah. And when you read their um, their thoughts that they wrote on paper, here were some people that desired death. Right? They wanted. They they believe the world should live. They didn't believe they should live. Mm. Right? And so the the extreme opposite to desiring life, oh, desiring death. You know, I, I think any. I don't know. I, I don't. I hate using the word normal, but. In society, like you said, you know, we've got doctors that keep people alive and things like that. The, the average person would say the desire for death is quite morbid and gross, mm. right? So, mm. oh, yeah. no, I don't like the thought of that, you know? like um, I'm, I'm sure the majority of people would uh, agree with that statement, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And so when we, when we talk about... Um, when we talk about the Bible and Jesus Christ saying that I am the life and the resurrection, we're talking about somebody that not only uh, is encouraging us to live life and not just life now, life eternity, we're talking about someone that claims that he is the one that put that in us mm. to desire that, mm. right? And, and he says, First um, John 5 verse 12, First John 5 verse yeah. 12 there, please, Jason. It says, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And yeah, just just to, just. To be specific, we're talking about the sun as an S O N. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, not, 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 not the not sun. The shining sun in the, in <laughs> yeah, the sky. Right. Yeah. And so it's very straightforward. Whoever has the sun, which is Jesus Christ, has life. Whoever does not have the sun, whoever does not have Jesus Christ, does not have life. Hmm. That, that's as simple as one of the concepts we talked about before, John 17, verse 3, that says, This is eternal life to know God and his only son. Jesus Christ, or mm. Christ Jesus, as it says in there. So the the formula is very simple. When you have Christ Jesus in your life, you have life, mm. right? That, 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 that's it. And if you don't have him, well, then it's the opposite. Mm. Right? So um, I'm looking forward to extrapolating into John, uh, John 11 and talking about when he makes that claim, I am the resurrection and the life. Mm. We will talk more about that after the break. I just want to remind you, you can listen to all of our past episodes, and this is a series on Tassie Encounters. Um, We're titling this series The Seven Roles of Christ, and I think we're up to episode five, although we're Mm -hmm. up to role number four. So uh, in the first one, we did just a bit of an intro. So uh, do go back uh, at faithfm.com.au. You can listen to those past episodes. You can grab the app off the App Store that's on your phone or tablet. And you can find Tassie Encounters and uh, listen to all of our past episodes, every one of them. I think we've got about 400 up there now, so there's a few to listen to if you're uh, wanting to do something on a quiet day. (laughs) So uh, do text us in. We've got a question for you this morning. We'd love to hear from you. What gives you the most joy in life? Text us in 0488-880-891. This is Risen by Jehovah Shalom Acapella. Took his 
Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with David Leo this morning on the topic of Christ as resurrection and life. Now we'd love to hear from you today even if it's uh, to say where you're listening from or perhaps you've got a question let us know. Text us in on 0488 880891. But even better if you can text us in the answer to this question what gives you the most joy in life? Mm. We'd love to hear from you today about that. So David what gives you the most joy in life? I'm a pretty simple guy. Um, The first one that I think of is when I'm camping and I've got a uh, fire going, mm. and um, I'm actually thinking of a particular place now that I'm imagining it. Uh, 
uh, is it called Riverbend in Huonville? Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just next to the river there. Mm. Listening, to, I can hear the river. Got the campfire going and the guitar and singing, yeah. you know, and um, that gives me a lot of joy. And also when I'm playing with my, um, playing games with my kids, we could be playing soccer or wrestling or whatever, I could see in their eyes how much fun they're having. So that, that gives me joy as well. Mm. Mm. For me, uh, I think it's um, when I get to catch up with my, my three adult children who have all left home and uh, when it is possible to catch up with them. I, I very rarely get them all together. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, even if I'm catching up with them individually, I think that's uh, a really good thing. Brings a lot of joy. Because you do you know, miss uh, your family and your children as they grow up and, you know, start to live independent lives. So, Mm. I'm sure that'll be what I'll be saying in the future. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> right now we're playing games, and you know, I suppose that, you know when they're adults, we'll be sitting down and just catching up and yeah. see, taking those moments we had together for granted. That mm. um, yeah, wow. Well, we've, we've both touched on family, haven't we? Mm. Yeah, and uh, I think there's a good segue into what we're talking about in John 11 because we're going to talk about, uh, about three siblings that Jesus saw as family while he was here on Earth. You know, mm. um, these siblings, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, they were um, they were a family that Jesus saw as a place of refuge. You know, uh, you know those families that you can just go to and be yourself and mm. just relax, and they're not going to ask you to heal them, preach preach to them, and <laughs> teach to them, and whatever. Jesus saw the saw these uh, saw their houses as one of them. So, uh, and this is where he makes that claim in this particular story. Uh, uh, this family that's close to him. So, if you could, if you could read, it's going to be a bit of reading. But um, that's all right. could you read the yeah John eleven verse one to sixteen, please, Jason? Yeah, and this is reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Um, it was. Uh, I'm just trying to work out how that sentence works. Lazarus. Oh, Bethany is the village of Mary yep. and her sister Martha. It's making sense. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet and her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, and he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place hmm. where he was. It doesn't seem uh, no, normal behaviour, does it? <laughs> no. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now <laughs> Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, 
that we may die with him. <laughs> wow. That's very <laughs> magnanimous, very honorable mm. of Thomas. To, mm. But, you know, you, you, you made an observation where Jesus stayed two more days. Yeah. You know, he didn't leave straight away. You know, you think, he didn't um, rush. Normally no. when we hear a loved one is uh, sick, we, we get there as quick as we can. That's right. You pack up and you leave. Um, I suppose when you can, you can wake people from their death, uh, you don't have to have that type of urgency, do you? But, um, and, and he, and he, 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 sorry, what did you say, Jesus? Oh, I was just going to say, Jesus was the one who knew what he was going to do there, so that's uh, why he stayed, but yeah. Yeah, and he needed, he needed his disciples to understand that as well. You know, yeah. like, hey, uh, guys, you need to really uh, understand that I've got control of the situation. Mm. And, um, you know, they're, they're panicking. Oh, Jesus, aren't you afraid of dying? I mean, the, the, the leadership was after you to kill you, and you've got to go there again? And Jesus says, you know, answers them with, aren't there 12 hours? That's definitely not a winter's day in Tasmania, is it? No. <laughs> There's 12, 12, 12 hours of daylight. But, you know, he makes a point. No, no, don't be afraid. You know, like, now you're talking about, um, you know, like, I'm not afraid of death, basically. You know, like, Jesus is trying to encourage them. And then when he says, I'm going to go, um, Lazarus is asleep, and I'm going to wake him up. The disciples are like, well, if he's asleep, he's going to be fine. You know, he's going to get better soon. You know, mm-hmm. um, why worry about that? And Jesus has to answer plainly. Lazarus is dead. But there's a point that Jesus is trying to teach us here now. Um, he refers to death as a sleep. Mm. Now, I know David Maxwell touched on this last week. Yeah, he did. Um, what, would, what was the, what was the uh, conclusion there? Why would Jesus refer to this as a sleep? Because um, death to those who believe um, is, is temporary. You know, it's not Correct. a permanent thing. That's right. And Jesus is already starting to introduce that concept. You know, the, mm. the, if you if you know who I am, who, he, whoever has the son has life. Mm. If you understand who I am as a son of God, you'll understand that life is found in me. Mm. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's just a temporary thing. So we'll carry on with the story. Um, could you read 17 to 26, please? Sure. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Wow. Wow. Well, there we have the claim. Mm. Uh, Martha, don't you worry. Disciples, don't you worry. He's not talking just to the disciples back then. He's talking to the disciples today as well. Mm. You know, I'm the resurrection of life. You know, whoever believes in me, they will never die. Mm. They just fall asleep. Mm. Oh, Jesus, this is an amazing concept. You know, and then furthermore, um, he, he goes on and he challenges. Do you believe this? Mm. Right. And now we're left with well, Jesus just said he's the resurrection and the life. Mm. Do you believe this, Martha? Disciples, do you believe this? Listeners, um, faith of him, do you believe this? Mm. He's the resurrection and the life. And 
he makes this statement before he even goes to the cross. And then he goes on to demonstrate this miracle that basically seals his fate. You know, once once uh, people, because there's no, there was no way they could deny the witnesses that were there, and there were many witnesses, they saw Lazarus come out of the tomb. Mm. You know, it, it had been not only just the day that he found out he was sick, it had been two days, and I think it's four days. Four days. It had been a yeah. total of four days. And he was he would of, have been bound and, and put in the tomb by then. That's right. Mm. You know, you, you just imagine, like, I don't know what that looks like. I've seen, I've seen the body when life has left the body. You know, it's mm. pale and it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's dead. It's without life. It's just like, oh man, it's just a strange idea, you know. Someone mm. that I just, you know, that I knew that was alive, and now there, there's no life. I don't know what the opposite looks like with the color coming back, mm. you know, the breathing again, you know, the eyes opening. And, oh wow, you know, this is what happened to Lazarus, and it was the voice of Jesus Christ that called out to Lazarus and said, "Hey, you know, come come out of the tomb." First mm. Thessalonians four was the second Thessalonians four talks about. Um, uh, we're counseled those who believe not to have not to grieve or, or sorrow like the world sorrows because we know that when the voice of the archangel comes and shouts we wake up those who are dead in Christ will wake up or those who are asleep sorry the word used in the Bible is those who are asleep in Christ will arise they will wake up at the sound of Jesus' voice right and those who are alive according to the Bible says they'll join him in the air and so we find out here that um that Jesus is making something, uh, an amazing idea. Back to John 17, verse 3, I've said this so many times. You know, eternal life is knowing God and His only Son, Jesus Christ. And then in John 10, 10, Jesus says, I came to give life and life abundantly. Mm. Right? Joy, to find joy in life. And in Acts 17, 28 and 29, it says, In Him we live and move and have our being. And so now we find out that Life, indeed, life eternity comes in knowing Christ Jesus and being in an abiding relationship with Christ Jesus. This is a huge, huge idea and a huge thought that Jesus is giving to us. Mm. It's, um, I'm also just fascinated by the fact that uh, Martha knew exactly what the future held for Lazarus as well. Mm. She just didn't realize mm. that Jesus was going to resurrect him there and then. Right so, there and then. Yeah, but she had a very strong confidence in what was going to happen in the future, you know. In, yeah. Uh, that uh, in the last day, as she says. So. Uh, it's great. Well, we'll come back and uh, you've got some more things to say about this. So uh, right oh, yeah. now we'll just um, remind our listeners, what gives you the most joy in life? We'd love to hear from you today. Do text us in on 488 880891. This uh, song is called I Will Rise by Tori Harper. There's a peace I've come to know. Though my heart and flesh may fail, there's an anchor for my soul. I can say. I've come to know Though my heart and flesh may fail There's an anchor for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has over 
Made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're speaking with David Leo on the series The Seven Roles of Christ. And today we're speaking about Christ as resurrection and life. Mm. Um, having said that, David, I think uh, you're we have to sort of look at the other side of things, don't we? We've just looked at resurrection, we've looked at Lazarus, who was resurrected from, uh, from his temporary death um and uh, of course there was reference there to the resurrection at the end of time as well but um you're looking to uh, sort of compare this with the opposite of life yeah and it's something even amongst you know actually, actually i think especially amongst christians 
we don't really like looking at the side of things. We don't like looking at death. You know, we don't, mm. I know I'm, I'm definitely not trying to promote the idea of desiring death, mm. but I, I do, um, I do know that we, in order to appreciate Jesus saying, I'm the resurrection and life, you've got to say, well, if you're so important in resurrection and life, why, why is that, why is that such a big deal? Mm. Because of death, because of eternal death. That's why that's a big deal, right? And, um, and that's really the thing, isn't it? It's that concept or that idea of, of eternal death that for many, um, is a scary thing. We don't yeah, want to talk about a, it. That's right. That's right. And even, um, you know, I've, I've even, I've, I've talked to lots of families being in the role of pastor, right? Where I've brought up the idea that, you know, it's important that, um, you guys should start planning towards mum or dad's death and start organizing, um, the belongings and things like that, you know, where a will hasn't been made up or things like that, and they just don't want to go there. Mm. It's like, and you know, and I try to advise if you don't do this, it's going to be messier afterwards. Mm. You could, amongst your siblings, you're probably not even going to love each other afterwards. And I've seen it before. This is ugly. You know, like uh, it's it's better you deal with it now. And you know, and even even the parents sometimes, you know, oh, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want my kids to. And I got to encourage them. Hey, if you don't do this, man, your kids are going to. It's, it's going to be a curse for the kids. It's important that you do this, right? But dealing with the concept of the the, the end is coming, the death death is coming. It's uh, it's something we really don't want to talk about. You know, it's it's seen as as uh, gross and violent and all this kind of stuff. But in, in any, I, I try to get this. I try to get this correct. You know, we 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 can get offended by some of the violence around us, right? Think some of the things that, that we see, we try to protect our, our eyes from it and, and people around us from seeing death this way. And I think that's a good thing. But if anything should offend us, it should be seeing Jesus Christ on the cross dying for something that he didn't do, right? Um, dying a death that is, it's a disgusting death. It's a, uh, um, it's capital punishment. Like he's a criminal of, of such heinous crimes you know uh, a thorn you know, a thorn of crowns on his head mm. um, you know the, he been whipped 49 times his, his bats lacerated and opened up on a wooden cross splinters going through there you know nails in his hands and his feet if there's any type of death that should be offensive to that mm-hmm. you know that the, the son of God would do that yeah. right it's like oh man have but you, have you seen the uh, the movie The Passion I have. Yeah, I, I have. I've, we've got a copy of it, but um, I'm yet to actually watch it. You know, that's how much I, I struggle with that because I know that when I watch it, it's going to be, you know, a very difficult thing for me to see. And uh, so I've, I've put it off for many years. Yeah, and mm. it's, you know, I, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to mess this up, but I remember hearing somebody say that a, 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 a smart person would um, – would not do what somebody's. Oh, what is it? Is it? A smart person would know that something is wrong, mm. and a wise person will um, accept from somebody that's been through it, and they won't do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. that, so you learn from other people's mistakes rather than from your own. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's right. And you know, like as much as you know, I'm a father now, and um, as much as I don't want my kids to experience certain things. Sometimes I'm like, man, they have to experience this to appreciate, mm. you know, appreciate what it's like mm. to uh, to have it. You know, mm. they, they've they've got a roof over their heads all their lives. You know, they've had this thing. You know, I mean, this morning I had a massive lecture with my 15 year old who's about to turn 16 and trying to tell him, hey, 
when you get to 16, this is the age where you got to t- start taking responsibility, man. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he didn't like, of course, you don't like lectures, but that was one of those things about, um, you know, like, you, you got to experience what it's like to get out in the world and start doing things for yourself. And I was basically trying to encourage him, uh, you know, we have to put a resume together and blah, blah, blah. But now it's just sitting on his desk and it's like, actually, you need to do something with it, buddy. <laughs> take it to the, take it to Coles or take it to somewhere where you can show the resume and say, look, I'm looking for part-time work, you know, um, those type of things. But he needs to experience because he's had it, it's had everything done for him for mm. 15 years. And now it's like, what do you mean I've got to do something, you know? <laughs> and the, oh boy. And so, when it comes to death and looking into the face of death, you know, there's a, um, there's an interesting book called, uh, Denial of, The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. And it was recommended to me when I was at college. And I'm so glad I read it. And, uh, what's interesting about this person, he, um, this is a fascinating sideline knowledge. Ernest Becker actually got a Pulitzer Prize for this book. Mm. But when they got the prize from him, he was dead. So I thought, man, that's, what a strange thing to happen with this book called Denial of Death. But basically, the, the idea of his book is that humans, he's not a Christian by any regard. He doesn't believe in, in God and uh, anything like that. He's a, um, he's a psychologist. Psych- uh, I don't know if that's the right word. But, you know, he studies things like Sigmund Freud and mm. uh, Carl Jung and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And his, um, his, his arguments are really amazing. You know, but he, he says things along the lines of humans have created all these narratives and all these stories like uh, religion. You know, it could be the ancient Greeks, it could be Christians, Muslims, whatever. We've created all these stories and we put all these symbols and meanings to life just to avoid the idea of death. All right. So everything we do is based on the fact that we're just trying to put off death. Mm. And so... By putting off death, we create all these things. We create all these stories and all these, um, you know, since since civilization began. This is the argument of of Ernest Becker. And then Jesus Christ comes along, and he doesn't deny death. You know, he says, "Yeah, there is a there is a death. There is mm-hmm. an there's a there is an eternal death." But guess what? I never created that. I when we when I started this world, it was eternal life. Mm. Right, and so Jesus Christ has a very opposite, um, opposite idea to Ernest Becker. And as much as Ernest Becker didn't believe in Jesus Christ, um, I wish he had done the. I mean, he's he's a, obviously a um, a result of a century of evolution beliefs, right? Mm. And uh, if he had done his homework and intelligent, you know, did the intellectual faith thing and looked into who Jesus Christ was and is and what the claims are, he would have come to an understanding that uh, there are actually people out here that are not afraid of death mm. <laughs> you know, um, that, that, that have answered the question of Jesus yes I believe you are the resurrection and life mm. you know I've got a story I'll talk. I'll tell you during the break about that, and maybe we can share it after the break with our listeners um, about uh, you know that fear of death thing. So um, I look forward to it. Yeah, there's more to Jesus is our book offer today. Uh, it's uh, the same one that we've been having, but it's uh, highly uh, recommended. It's highly recommended, and it's mm. it's really relating to this series. So that's why we've been offering the same book. So uh, it's by Sean Brace. It explores the major facets of who Christ is and what he means to us. And uh, it uses the lens of Christ to rediscover scripture. 
It, it explains Adventist beliefs of biblical scriptures that show us the fullness of Jesus and how Jesus fills the theological doctrines with a beauty they were always meant to show. That's our mm -hmm. book offer today, and uh, we do encourage you to stay tuned and grab the code after the break. This is One Glory with Since Jesus Came. I've wandered in the shades of night till Jesus came to me. He saw right through my brokenness, said, Come follow me. And with the brightness of his love, bid all my darkness flee. I'm walking in the light of the because now I can see I have sunlight in my soul Sunlight in my soul Since Jesus came to me I have sunlight in my soul However dark this world may be Clouds may gather in the sky, tempests round me raged. I have no need to feel it up with Christ who lights my way. He's given all I'll ever need to walk this narrow way. With the faith He's given me, I can always say.
there's a great message in there, is there not, mm. David? The, uh, Amen. That uh, Jesus certainly brings sunlight to our soul. We don't have to fear death if uh, we have him. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we're finishing our program today. We mentioned before the break our book offer. It's There's More to Jesus, and we've got three copies to give away today. The code is Christ and number one. So do text in Christ number one to 0488 880891. That's C-H-I-R-I-S-T and the number one, no spaces. Text it into our show number, 0488-880891. So, David, uh, we were talking about during the break how... Um, I had this experience with a a guy who turned up at our church one day from yeah. he'd he'd been in Australia for a little while but he came from China originally and um he was quite interested in learning about the Christian faith and um we were actually heading out to a a, a group meeting out away from church on that day so we bundled him in the car and on the way I asked him a question you know what had he observed you know what what were the key differences that he'd observed from his culture and uh, and why was he really interested in seeking out this uh, study or this investigation into the Christian faith? And he was he shared a really interesting um, uh, concept that he said in China he says most people fear death and uh, he sees that when people have a Christian faith they don't fear death and he was really wanting to know why is that the case? You know why do people mm. not fear death and I think it's a really interesting observation because we don't have to fear death if we have a belief in Jesus. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. I mean, um, when I, you know, from a personal perspective, um, having that mindset is a. Uh, I, I think it kind of scares me sometimes. You know, I, I'm I'm not afraid of death, but I'm afraid for my wife and my kids. Mm. <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense, mm. you know. And in saying that as well, Jason, I've been at the, um, I've been at the, and you've probably experienced this yourself, where you've been face to face with death, mm. right? And faith is challenged at such a huge level. I don't believe I've I've been in that situation yet, where the rubber really meets the road. And I remember being with somebody that um, I cared for a lot, and he'd he'd been a he'd been a, a faithful servant of God for decades, right? And he knew that. He was on his last days, and he shared with me and another that he said he's really struggling with his faith. You know, he said nearly every minute of the day he's saying, "God, am I, am I worth it? You know, have I have I done enough? Mm. Am I enough?" And we to you know, like when we visited him, we were really trying to encourage him from scripture. But um, in saying that, you know, he was remembering the things that he did as a person that wasn't in God. You know, he, that, that's what he was replaying in his mind. You know, the, the the tragedies and the things. And I was like, man, you know, like, um, I know who's doing this, but you need to focus on what you did with Jesus in your life. You know, that's where you need to focus, you know, like put, put your mind there. And so I think when we really, like I said in the previous section, when we come face to face with death on a very real visceral level, we come to our understanding of where we are with Jesus Christ, mm. you know, as as our uh, life giver, mm. as the life and resurrection. Do we really believe that He has that power? Do we really believe that He loves us, loves us enough that we are acceptable in His sight, that we are assured of salvation? You know, that's that's those are the, those are the questions that we we should be answering. Then start answering them now. You know, mm. like when Jesus said in John eleven, "Do you believe this?" 
Do you? Mm. You know, like, and if, and if you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure, then then look into it. You know, and so. I love I love that um, concept of where it was to do with the healing, but where Jesus turned to the man who wanted his son healed or daughter healed, I can't remember, and he said, uh, um, you know, do you believe? And he says, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. <laughs> oh, yes. You know? and, yeah. and that's sometimes how it can be, isn't it, that yes, we do believe, but sometimes we have that slight amount of doubt. That's such a good reference. Mm. Yeah, yeah. His son was throwing himself into the flames and into the water. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yes, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Yes. What a what an awesome prayer. And yeah. I, you know, I think that's a that's a that's a really good good reference there. Mm. And so you know, when we see, as we said, when you're face to face with death, then you understand, man, what is my how much do I need to cling on to Jesus? Mm. And right now, we need to I need to cling on to Jesus now. You know, so. Despite, um, we talked about the denial of death, the book, The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. Despite everything that he said, that, uh, you know, we've created narratives and ancient myths and legends, whatnot, um, even now, uh, you know, uh, we've got new technology, AI and things like this that really help that make us still question the, the big things of, because uh, we talk about the meaning of life, you know, those are the questions that we're asking. That's the things that Ernest Becker looked at in his book. Um, what is the meaning of life? We've got AI now, and you know we we ask questions like, um, well, I, I do. I'm not sure if anyone else does. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm still of that generation that knew what the world was like without internet. Yeah. You know? And um, and now you've got these things like ChatGPT, and it's like you're talking to a human being when you're chatting with them. Mm. You know. And so, oh, meaning of life is is this a a live thing? Is this a person? And if you've got you got businesses now. That let's say Jason, that you're a um, that you're a consultant, mm-hmm. right? And there's there's not many Jasons. There's only there's only one Jason. And so you think to yourself, man, if there's a hundred of me, uh, that'll be that'll make me more money because then people can. And so you use AI to make more of you. And then when people call in, they can talk to the the AI and they'll give you the same answers that you would give because they've learned how you operate and. All these things, mm. and so despite all this, uh, all these things that we're still asking, oh, you know what, what makes a real person, and who is this? You know, do, um, you know is a person <laughs> is a person dead when? Uh, who, who said this? I think it was my son, actually, my fifteen-year-old. He was probably ten at the time, but he heard me listening to an old artist. Um, I don't know if you heard of Otis Redding. I, uh, I was listening to one of his. the name. Yeah, I was listening to one of his, uh, his his albums, and he was asking about him. I said, no, he's dead. And my son said, is he still dead, though, because you're listening to his music? <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, that, that, that had me thinking, Whoa, well, that's an interesting insight. Well, we'll come a long way from then, you know, like if we were, if we were to record our whole lives into some type of data box, mm. right, and we die, and then our family hold on to that data box, and they can create a whole AI person from this. Mm. Are we really dead? You know, these these type of questions that, and these are questions that uh, I've had kids ask. You know, I'm like, wow, these are amazing. These are the things that we're talking about now between life and death. And despite all these things that have come up from the past, the ancient Greeks and their beliefs and the ancient civilizations and what we've come to now in 2023 and, and beyond, it doesn't change the fact that Jesus Christ said, he is the life and resurrection. 
There's only one place that we can find life. And all these other distractions is AI and uh, what, was it? what was the name of the thing that you said where people try and freeze themselves? Yeah, cryogenics. Uh, cryogenics. Where, where people who have enough money can uh, get their bodies or their uh, heads frozen after they die and in the hope that one day they'll have the technology to uh, put it all back together and bring them back to life. But I, I love the fact that you've mentioned uh, just in your notes here that that you know, this is man trying to live. Um, they they want to live forever, or they want to live another life, and yet it's still going to be the same sinful life that we've that we've uh, lived on this earth. And and that's not what God's plan is, is it? No, no. That's 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 the um, that's the rub, isn't it? People want to live forever, but they want to live forever in sin. Yeah. And deep down inside, where Jesus created eternity into every one of our hearts. That's not how we're supposed to live. Mm. We know that if we were to live in the in Jesus Christ, there is a certain way of living, and that is living life and life abundantly. And we can do that now. Mm. Like we can start doing that now. And that's the invitation that we have. When Jesus says, oh, I'm the life and resurrection, do you believe? We say yes. Then he says, well, follow me. <laughs> follow me. You know, like that's the – what, what, what an awesome Jesus to give us that invitation and to say to us, you don't have to be afraid. Mm. Um, maybe you can tell me with this verses. But he says in First John four, I believe. Yes, um, there is no fear in perfect love. That's it. Yep, that's it's towards yeah. the end, about verse nineteen, I think. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, that's uh, there's a lot of um, joy in this message. You know, if we Amen. put our trust in Him, if we put our trust in Jesus, we can live today without the fear of death and that's certainly a life that I want to live so me too uh, and, it, and it is a life that I'm living so and uh, I have faced that um, very real reality so, in the face yeah, yeah. yeah. David um, next week you're going to be looking at Jesus as high priest I believe oh, yes yeah. yes this is a uh, this is very you know like the Seventh-day Adventist understanding this role is amazing I can't wait to share mm. Yeah. And a thousand years of peace with David Maxwell tomorrow, so do join us. Now, if you happen to be attending our Faith FM dinner in Hobart, we look forward to seeing you mm. uh, very soon on a Saturday evening. And uh, David and myself and David Maxwell will be there. So we do hope we can catch up with you then. So thanks for listening, and uh, we do hope that you encounter Jesus more today uh, in whatever you are doing. This is I Live For You by True Vibe. I was lost in darkness, never knowing where to turn. I thought I had all the answers, but I had so much to learn. Like a child, I had gone astray, trying to make it all my like a father, you embrace me and you show the way back home. And now that I know the truth that you proclaim, I will keep trusting you to fill me up till only you remain. And I will not rest until my every word Glory to your name All that I am All that I do I live for you
the debt I had to pay. So now I want to tell the world the difference you have made. You have changed the way I live and love and made my heart brand new. Now that we are joined together, I know I'm nothing without you. And now that I know the truth that you proclaim, I will keep trusting you to fill me up till only you remain. And I will not rest until my every word brings glory to your